Welcome, fanatics. This is the latest entry in the Diary of Doom. I'm your cipher, Dylan, and join me as we look back on the rich history of doom metal and its sister sounds based on the recounted tales of its followers. Every week, we will have a different guest to spin their yarn. You can visit the website at diaryofdoom.com. Follow us on Instagram. Like us on Facebook. Uh, follow the podcast on diaryofdoom.podbean.com. And subscribe and listen to the podcast on iTunes and Spotify. And if you have a question or want to pitch me something, you can fire off an email to diaryofdoom1968 at gmail.com. And uh, just a quick reminder, again, that we do have t-shirts available on the Diary of Doom Bandcamp page. All the proceeds go towards the Last Prisoner Project, uh, which is an organization working towards cannabis law reform. And they'll make great gifts for your riff-loving partner, your weird uncle, or whoever you want to get it for. Sizes small through XL. If we sell out, we'll get larger sizes, I promise. Uh, Joining me this week uh, in this chapter is Sarah Wappler from Dust Profit. Please let me know if I'm mispronouncing that. Perfect. All right. So I did one thing right today. Uh, Dust Prophet is a uh, band out of New Hampshire, and Sarah plays bass and the keyboards in it. So thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, So I guess uh, first question, since uh, this is this podcast is about fandom and whatnot. It's like going back to when you were, you know, uh, growing up and whatnot, what were your earliest experiences with music? Did you have a musical upbringing or uh, did you I, learn later on? I did have a musical upbringing. I played classical piano when I was little. And uh, my family, my parents mostly listened to classical music. They were not into rock and roll very much. But I did have older brothers that were into rock and roll. And that was helpful to me to broaden my mm-hmm. my views of things. And um, so I grew up listening and playing a lot of music, um, but I did not play in a band until I was in my 30s. <laughs> oh. So it's kind of funny that way. And I didn't play bass uh, until this band. So my original instrument's always been keyboard. Okay. Um... And then I played guitar for a while. And, right on. Uh, but then I, but I'm happy with bass. I like bass better than guitar. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. well, I'm, uh, I don't, I don't play bass, but I've uh, long appreciated its importance in the in the yeah. world of rock and roll. I kind of play it a little more like a guitar, I think, than a true bass player would play a bass. I play with a pick, and I tend to play riffs. Mm-hmm. Like I don't tend to just play standard bass lines that often and obviously like you being a piano or a pianist excuse me because uh, i i made a note about it but you know there's there are keys in dust profit which is cool because um i i've that's like one of my advocations is i want to hear more keyboards in in doom metal and doom like kind of adjacent stuff that's not yeah. you know it's like straight up um electronic bass so it's like kind of a nice little extra layering in there. So I'm I love, assuming that's your that's your background yeah, coming out. I love to I love to put the keys on the on the Dust Prophet music. It always happens at the end when mm-hmm. we're all done with everything else. And then even the vocals most of the time because uh I don't know, I don't want the keyboards to step on the vocals. Uh and once that's all there, I can just like listen to the whole thing and be like, 
oh, I hear that organ right there. And there's a little thing right there that could happen. And like, it just like puts the icing on the cake, you know, like it's just gives it the, like the last little bit. It changes it. I like it so much. It's so fun to do that last part of it. Yeah, I agree. I think it adds a nice layer, especially in this genre of music, which is predominantly just like, you know, bass, guitar, drums for the yeah. most part. So yeah. it's nice, a little welcome, refreshing, refreshing bit. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that organ has a nice place in like doomy yeah. metal music, you know, but also like other types of sounds too. I always just try to keep an open mind and just try a lot of different things and then kind of feel what sounds the best, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I, f- I just feel like it's been absent for so long and then and you hear it in all those like old classic doom records especially if it's yep. like funeral doom and yeah get like that but yeah it's it's nice to hear stuff like that uh cropping up a bit more um so when you you were talking about um your older brothers having a, a bit of an influence on you like what did they what did they hip you to so they were kind of strange <laughs> okay, I have to say that I have to say they were kind of strange. They loved jazz. Mm-hmm. So I listened to a lot of like fusion 70s fusion jazz when I was growing up, when I was really little. Um, like Miles Davis and Herbie Hancock and like uh all that weird stuff, Return to Forever, Chick Corea, uh Mahavishnu Orchestra. Yeah. Weird. And then they also loved Frank Zappa more than anything in the world mm-hmm. so i grew up like loving frank zappa and like worshiping his music and was um, just have always been like a massive fan of his and that's also totally strange like oh not, yeah i went, I went through my zappa phase <laughs> it's not normal like i i used to scare boys off in college with that you know that was like not not a normal thing but i think it like gave me some interesting ideas i think maybe yeah, you know, i hope undoubtedly i mean zappa's like probably like one of the most important uh musicians of of <laughs> i don't know ever yeah yeah he really was like a, it's interesting because i i worshipped him when i was young because i just idolized my brothers and they really liked him mm-hmm. right and so I just accepted all of his music, which was really interesting. The music was really, really interesting and funny. Like some of yeah. it was funny um, and bizarre. And then, but the deeper you go into it, the, just the more like interesting it is. And then, uh, and so I think that like, like I can't play almost any of his music, you know, <laughs> like it's, right, it's yeah. not, like it's too hard, but it, it, I don't know. It opens your mind to different kinds of sounds, you know, different scales, different uh, time signatures, different ways to arrange stuff, different instrumentation. Yeah. I, I think the thing with Zappa is anybody who, anybody who would say that Zappa is an influence on them and probably tries to like sound like Zappa is probably not going to do yeah. a very good job. But I, I think Zappa brought a lot of unknown stuff to the forefront. Yeah. And so people would hear things that he was doing 
and they wouldn't copy him, but they would be like, oh, now I can yeah. use this technique in my own music. And, you know, yeah. he's a, he's a better uh, influence, you know, to like sort of like keep in the back of your mind rather than, oh, I'm going to channel. Yeah, exactly. 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 I totally agree. And like I see Dweezil Zappa all the time whenever he comes to town yeah. and, and plays and he is amazing. And it's great to see like someone just take the. Like Zappa did so much, but just guitar wise, his soloing and his like the way he put his guitar music together. It's really cool to see Dweezil do that stuff and do it like even better, even better than his dad. Oh, wow. Technically, like technically better than his dad, like physically better. Yeah, I've never seen them. I'd like to see them at some point. You should. They're amazing. That band is so tight and they play music from all the Zappa, all the like eras of Zappa. So they play Mm -hmm. like bizarre early stuff and then his more accessible stuff and the more jazz oriented stuff. It's really interesting. And they're Uh, like so good. Every single one of them, they're so good. I'll put, I'll put it on my uh, to-do list once we can, once we can go to shows again. Yeah. Someday when we can go to shows again Yeah, play shows. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. I, I remember, uh, getting into i mean zappa was just like one of those bands like king crimson and and yeah all that shit that you know, i found out about like in college so yeah uh, i found out yeah. about it when i was really young so i was like listening to all his weird stuff and like not really understanding what he was talking about a lot of the time and i think it really like warped me probably in a positive way but like I definitely like became really fascinated with like the sixties and like counterculture mm-hmm. and like freaks and people who like didn't want to like live like everybody else. That, that is a big part of his influence, I think. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Um, he, it's funny. Like I always think of Primus because I feel like they're like the closest band to like channel. Yeah, Zappa, I agree. Except I think Zappa's music is a lot more intelligent. Not yeah. that, not that Les Claypool is a bad musician or songwriter. Cause he's not, no. he's amazing. Uh, but he channels like the weird funny vibe. Yeah. Uh, not with, not as much of the, like probably like, social metaphor yeah. stuff. Like Zappa would like write the music like on the plane, like he would just write it down on the staff as he was like thinking it up in his head. <laughs> yeah. Like all the parts, you know, mm-hmm. just writing them down. Like here's the drum part. Here's the sax part. Here's the timpani part. Like he could just do that. Just write it. Now, not everybody can do that. No, no, I certainly can't. <laughs> So was it a Zappa record that broke you in or were there like some other, was there like another rock or metal album? You know, I listened to things when I was little and then like the only music that my parents sort of let in the house that wasn't classical was like folk music, like Simon and Garfunkel and Judy Collins and like John Denver and stuff. But when I was in like seventh grade, my friend, gave me this tape of the Velvet Underground mm-hmm. and uh, the Ramones and the Dead Kennedys. And I was like, holy shit, that's amazing. And I got really interested in like punk music and um, and uh, that sort of, I don't know, different than the West Coast 
Zappa situation. It was much more like hard and dark, you know? Oh yeah. Grim, and, um, grim commentary on the world. Yeah. yeah. And I got really interested in like punk music. And then I got obsessed with the sixties and just got really interested in like all the classic rock and psychedelic bands of the sixties, mm -hmm. like the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and Jefferson airplane and like all of the Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Led, and then like, but I think then it was like Led Zeppelin and black Sabbath that like led me to like the doomier stonier parts of things. And then I always really loved like, Caius and Fu Manchu and mm -hmm. like that. And I didn't ever get that into metal. Like I didn't really like Metallica. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I, I didn't go there. It was like too fast and aggressive, I guess for me. Yeah. And, um, but like when I met Otto, he, uh, turned me on to a bunch of metal that I really like, like Isis. <laughs> Yeah, Isis and like, World. yeah, and like more of the like slower, oceanic, like Pelican, mm -hmm. and and like the heavier. And I, you know, Isis was the first band that I really liked the vocals, the screaming vocals in, yeah. because they seemed to like mean a lot mm -hmm. more, and they were just another layer of the music. And I like that drony, um, heavy layered feel to things yeah it's 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 funny like that it, i mean it's kind of like a trajectory somewhat similar to me i mean i enjoyed metallica i have my feelings about those fucking <laughs> knuckleheads now <laughs> um ev well everybody's got a, an opinion on metallica but uh you know far be it for me to say that i think they're like you know the greatest metal band ever or the greatest band whatever I can see how they were so influential of course, they are just, they are pop music's metal band, you know. Yeah, <laughs> there was something really shallow about it. I don't. I guess that's bad to say. I, I shouldn't say that because that's not. Ah. I don't know them well enough. But do you? I mean, that, that's like the, my initial. Like when I hear their music, I just feel like it's shallow. Like it's not. It doesn't like go. I don't know what, what it is. The like production and the lyrics, like, just just doesn't get like deep enough for me. Like, yeah yeah i mean i my i mean my opinion on metallica has like dropped significantly over years but uh yeah i mean they make like they make a lot of uh you know kind of radio friendly metal yeah. and some Nobody, of it's good some of it's not so great and the more obviously they have just a string yeah. of like shit albums but right. uh when they but, first started though they were innovative the other bands right yeah absolutely that. So they, they did like change things a lot. Oh yeah. I mean, I, it's like I say, they just, they went, they, they just, they never knew a life where they mm -hmm. weren't Metallica. They were just, yeah. they were kids and then they were famous. So, yeah. so, yeah. so then you, you know, you get all the nonsense that you get with like, you know, St. Anger and all that bullshit yeah. and their fucking yeah. documentary. Um, yeah. yeah. I always felt like there's a lot more like sort of like, pain and and raw emotion in yeah. the more uh in in the heavier and the slower stuff like i feel like people yeah. like that have been like living the life yeah even when artists sometimes some artists can even hold on to it because they're still in a lot of pain even when they become famous and have more money and seem yeah. to have better things happening they're still in a lot of pain and you can feel that in their music 
I yeah. like to have pain in my music. <laughs> <laughs> often, often creates the, what is it? Like, I don't know if there's like a phrase like pain creates the best art, but well, there's like you die for your and art. It can create some great art. I think like, yeah, extremes can create great art. Yeah. So can you tell, tell me about the, how you got Dust Profit together? Uh, well, Otto and I, I met Otto when I joined his industrial band, Fiends of a New Republic. And we did that project for like, I don't know, maybe a year or so. And then like it kind of imploded, not really due to our, us, but like, you know, it, it just didn't end up going anywhere. So we, I was like, I had always wanted to have a stoner band. Like that was mm -hmm. just what I've always, that's like my favorite genre of music. I love it. I had tried to start a band a couple times, like before I joined the industrial band. So he was like on board with that. So we were like, okay, let's do it. And it just took so long. It took like literally five years for us to like get, get it going. Like we just went through drummer after drummer and then singer after singer. And it took a really mm -hmm. long time. We finally, finally did it. And we, you know, started recording and gigging for like a whole year. And then right before COVID hit, our singer decided that she didn't want to continue to pursue the project. Mm -hmm. So that like, that was a big blow. And we were like, oh my God, it had taken us so long to find the singer in the first place. We were like, we're never, we're never going to be able to do this. And it was really hard, but we were able to find Vincenza. And then COVID hit. Yeah. COVID hit and like you know, all of our gigs and plans and everything was just out the window, but at least we were able to um, start to have band practice again, like after a little while of the lockdown. Yeah. It got better in New Hampshire. So we started to have like masked practice mm -hmm. and we were able to release the single with conduit, which was awesome. And, um, but now we're like still having a little of a hiatus again because between Christmas and or between Thanksgiving and Christmas, we just didn't feel like it was safe to meet in an enclosed space for singing and playing. So we're not meeting right now, probably until Christmas, and then we'll start up again mm -hmm. as carefully as possible and just keep recording and um, and like moving on. But man, COVID just blew, blew the everything out of the water. Yeah, really. it certainly Everybody. did. Yep. And it's hard to have momentum, you know? It's hard to keep having momentum when there's it no, is. like, place to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just that, I mean, maybe now, um, you know, the, the maybe now the finish line is a bit more, like, in sight because there's yeah. been some some progress with, with vaccinations and whatnot. Yeah, um, I'm hoping the end is in sight. Yeah, I mean, me too. I I I miss shows so much, and I know. you know, I was even I was even just like poking around your social media before just to like you know see what y'all were about, and uh, you were you were on the Maryland Doomfest bill. Yeah, for this we year, had, and obviously we were, that was you know. I know tank. it was such a bummer, we, and we had such great shows lined up, and we had a lot of momentum. Yeah. You know, and what we really wanted was to get out there with Vincenza and gig because we need to work out our kinks with the new singer and we want like stage time and practice like that. 
and that sucks that we can't get that you know we're doing fine like recording and practicing but like that element of like just getting out and playing in front of people and like doing that regularly it's important that's an important part of it that we can't have yeah and especially <laughs> if you had especially if you had the momentum going because yeah. you you know you got to ride that wave exactly and then the waves just was like uh no more wave wave is <laughs> <Yeah>. gone <laughs> yeah well yeah i i hope that it pans out soon but um well how how did you uh well how did you come across uh vicenza because um, found, yeah go ahead her. i swear i think he just found her on craigslist she just like dropped in our lap and we were so lucky like so lucky to just find someone who was like cool and nice and had a work ethic and was competent and mm -hmm. good at what she's doing and likes it and wants to do it it's great and that's like you you almost always have a combination of those but not all of them yeah <laughs> you know, you someone who's not as good but is super enthusiastic or someone who's awesome but can't commit and doesn't have enough time you know like it's right. just so or the personalities don't match up or we don't like the same genre of music like so many things just and then life gets in the way too just you know things can happen that we can't even prepare for yeah exactly and god the older we get the more that shit happens all the time <laughs> jesus <laughs> yeah i know it's like yeah soon it's like yeah i can't go out why because i threw my back out again yeah no, it's, no shit seriously it's terrible when uh, i was buying when i was buying my base all i could find were all of these like special straps for people to like hold their heavy heavy base like on stage and like special ways to save their back it was pretty funny really i didn't even know <laughs> yeah. that was a thing it's totally a thing when bass players get old their base gets really heavy and they don't want to hold it anymore. So they have to have like a, a yeah, there's all uh, these different like special ways to strap it on you to like distribute oh, okay. the weight and stuff. Like there's one that you can put, like have it clip onto your belt. So your hips are getting most of the, okay. the weight or like it just dis distributes the weight more evenly on your shoulders, like with a cross strap. I don't know. I'm not having that problem yet. <laughs> I'm good. I can just hold my base. <laughs> I'm just going to work out more so that I'm strong. <laughs> well, anybody who does like the crab walk playing is going to really need that. Man, I can hardly move at all. I'm lucky if I just stay in one place and hit the notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you you uh, you mentioned it before, but uh, this year you did put out uh, a single on Sleeping Village Records. It's their first release of two track splits that they're going to be putting out. Um, so how did you get in touch with them and what was it like putting the split together? It, it just fell into place like so well, because Otto had contacted Sleeping Village just to be like, Hey, we have a new single. What do you think? And they were like, wow, we love it. And we'd love it to be the first like part of our split series that we're doing. And they were like, do you know a good band that would like be a good compliment to you? And we were like, well, conduit is awesome i wonder if they have anything to to like you know offer up and when i contacted julia from conduit she was like we just finished our single and we've been trying to figure out how to how to promote it so it just worked perfectly it just came together like perfect so that's what we did nice actually um 
actually talked with uh, Ricky from Sleeping Village uh, earlier this year, and we actually went to high school together. Oh, that's cool. So well, they gave us a nice opportunity. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I was I was pretty impressed when I saw that. I was like, wow, I didn't think he was going to be so prolific with it, but I'm glad he's I'm glad he's doing something with it. Yeah, I'm glad that we could be a part of it. So in addition to the new track, um, and unless I just am not looking in the right place, uh, you have three other singles out on uh, on Spotify and Bandcamp, Shadow yeah. Army, Revolutionary Suicide, and The Big Lie. Yeah, um, So I, our first three. Going through, you know, just going through um, listening to them. I, I do feel like you have a bit more of like a thrashy vibe or a thrashy sound um, besides like the Doomy riffs or maybe it's just Doom yeah. riffs played I think thrashy. That's, I think that's Otto. That's his influence. Mm-hmm. He really likes thrash a lot. He's like the the like major metal influence on the band. Like he's got metal in his heart. Yeah. <laughs> and and like unusual metal too, you know. Mm-hmm. So and uh and Mark too. Mark is lo- loves metal as well. And uh and I think between the two we get a lot of cool thrash vibes going on and like some other weird influences. Yeah, but it's got that nice, uh, that nice fuzzy backbone. Yeah, keeping I it together. Of, I kind of temper Otto's like, Otto's very bizarre. Like he likes odd timings and like strange riffs that are like sometimes dissonant. Like he's not afraid to like change the key in a strange way. And I really like appreciate that because I'm much more like regular you know like the way that i conceive of music so mm-hmm. i think like he gets like when we come together we have a nice mix of like some nice hooky riffs that you know people can identify with and i can kind of like like i can find like a keyboard line through his like weird guitar that kind of anchors it more you know yeah and and like we kind of complement each other that way and make it better than either of us like like without me, his stuff is like pretty inaccessible, but my stuff is like too boring, <laughs> you know? So like right. together we can like make it like a good mix. So yeah, it kind of like balances each other out. Yeah. Yin and Yang sort of type to it. Yeah. Cause he's, uh, he just is like pounded on that thing. And it's like this yeah. wild, like proggy yeah. solo. Yeah. Yep, he's really all over the place. And he's super prolific too. Like he writes more than anybody else in the band. Mm-hmm. He's just like always, always writing and always making music. It's 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 admirable. I admire it. Yeah. I, 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 I like have to like Yeah, I have to like squeeze every riff out, like, uh, okay, here's one. You know, like only one, but here it is. <laughs> you know? But he's just like, yeah, uh, he's just like one of those dudes that's always coming up with something. Always coming up with something. And I love that. It's good. And like Mark also contributes music and and Vincenza too. Like she had a whole little like trove of like little snippets of things that she's sung and like chord progressions she likes and like Mm -hmm. bits of songs. That's like a treasure of like stuff that we can, you know, dive through and mush together with other stuff. So I like how the uh, all the members of the band contribute musically to it. It sounds like this lineup is probably the one you've been the strongest with. I feel like like we're all um, on the same page in a way that we hadn't been before. Like 
our goals are lining up more, mm-hmm. more together. Um, Cause you know, Vin really wants to get out there and play and she wants to be committed to the band, which is great. Like we all want to be committed to the band. We, you know, we have family and kids, some of us and jobs that we can't blow off. Right. Given all of that still like just emotionally being committed to the band is, and like wanting to, I don't know. It's not all easy. You know, it's easy to just go play together, but there's all this other stuff that you have to do in order to like get anybody to actually hear the music or get any momentum going. You have to do other stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh I, yeah. I mean, and it's, you know, there's so many bands out there and there's so many different ways to get your music out there. Now mm-hmm. it's like, you have to, you have to be really like, you know, pinpoint accurate with what yeah. you're doing. And proactive and like it really is kind of a grind it was surprising to me when i first kind of realized that's part of it you know yeah now, especially with social media that's just like a constant thing that you just have to kind of keep making yourself relevant like keeping your band like just in people's minds whether you have something new to share or not you want them to be thinking about you once in a while yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And especially in the day and age of social media where shit moves but, so fast. Yep. Yep. It's not easy. I see why it's like, I'm like, wow, someday maybe we'd be able to like pay someone else to do that for us. I did feel like um, those songs did have somewhat of like a, a deep purple rock and roll vibe to them with yeah. like the keyboard and everything but just like that chugging along type deal and they're all fun they're all very fun songs to listen Thank to you. um now are the uh so vin i'm assuming she sang on the newest She's, one yep yeah is that her only re, is that's that the her only, only recording okay. so far and then the so, other you know, three with the previous the other three with the previous singer yep and um you know we'll see how that all goes we have tons of material that we need to record so We'll see. I'm not sure exactly how the record is going to go, what we're going to include on the record from the previous releases or not. I'd like to have a cohesive record all just with Vin. Right. I think that would be the best way to go. And we have enough material for that. We just need to, you know, polish it and and start recording. Would you ever, like, think about putting those singles together as, like, an EP? Maybe do, like, a re-recording or something? Maybe. Maybe I could see releasing them, you know, as their own thing, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of like the first, it would be like the, you know, the first era of Dust Prophet, (laughs) you know, it's like, like like Fleetwood Mac before Stevie or whatever. (laughs) You could just be like this. You could say like, this is when we were just Prophet. Yeah. Yeah. I know. You know, I love those three songs. They were the first songs we wrote and recorded and I love them. Like they have sentimental value to me, Mm -hmm. you know? So, but the more new songs we make, the more focused I get on them and the less focused I get on, on the old things. Right. So like you were talking about doing the split with conduit too. So I don't know anything about the new Hampshire like metal scene or what the what if there 
like what it's even like so like what is the new hampshire metal scene like is it sort of a small scene it is it's definitely a small scene every scene is small in new hampshire i think (laughs) except maybe except maybe like the gentle bands of the seacoast like that seems to be a huge a huge thing (laughs) i have no idea what that is oh i always i make that joke because on the seacoast in portsmouth there's just a lot of like hipsters doing kind of like traditional kind of indie folk Oh, okay. Adult yeah. contemporary. And so I make that joke because I don't know if you ever watch Portlandia, but they do a skit oh, yeah. about the Battle of the Bands with the quiet bands. <laughs> do you, do you, do you, like like they come like the first band comes out and they're not plugged in and they're playing their electric instruments, but they're not plugged in. And then like the next woman comes out and she's just like blowing some feathers like across them. <laughs> like, nobody can hear them because <laughs> they're so quiet. That and show so, rules. It's called Battle of the Gentle Bands. <laughs> I will I will definitely look that up. So I always joke that Portsmouth is like the land of the gentle bands. Mm-hmm. Cuz like Manchester has a more like metal scene and like heavier gotcha. music. <laughs> so that's always funny but but you know there's not that many as far as I know conduit I met conduit at the at the Manchester Music Mill cuz I bought a pedal from Julia who was um who was selling pedals at Music Mill. <laughs> And she was like, you're in a band? I'm in a band. What's your band? Oh, my band's this. And then we just got to know each other and played a few shows. So, and God, we haven't played shows in so long. We often play with people, like we've played with a few bands from Connecticut. We play in Western Mass some of the time. Mm -hmm. We go down to Dusk in um, Providence or um, or Kodo in a in Salem. Okay. You know, and the, and so we play with bands from all over like lower New England, really. Yeah. Some of those sound familiar. Um, just based on like what people have told me, uh, who have been on the show before. I have, I have a friend, she's out in uh, Providence. So that was like, I guess Providence like attracts some, uh, has, has some like metal attraction. Yeah, there, they do. The and scene. it's not, a, and it's not a far trip for us. Like it's a mm-hmm. doable trip to Providence, Providence, Providence. It's not bad. We go out to the 13th floor in Western Mass and that's a hall. That's like three plus hours out there, but they also have a pretty decent scene going on and they book metal bands and doom bands quite a bit. So that's good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would hope it's still going strong. Yeah, we're um, going to, I mean, who even knows what's going to be out there when this all, when the dust settles. Yeah, but I think that, I think that when it does, that people are going to be really amped just to go to something. So I think, I'm hoping that, you know, it'll, it'll pan out and that people, the excitement and the momentum will be there. And I'm sure there's going to be some, some manner of comeback shows, but, but yeah, I mean. Well, I mean, a lot of, but certainly quite a bit of uh, some doom history up in the New England area. I mean, like you've got like Warhorse and Conclave. They're from yeah. all up in that neck of the woods. Yeah, they are from Worcester, and um, all those guys. It's, it's nice, and I know some of them on Facebook now because I've met them. So that's nice too, because now I'm starting to feel like a community of people. You know, they're all kind of the same as me, which is kind of funny, but cool. Yeah, that's what I've come to learn. Like the older, like not the newest, youngest people, you know, the people like in like Conclave, like they've been around for a while. Like they've got day jobs and kids and they figured out how to make it work, like being in the band and playing in the band. 
And that's like exactly what I want to do. I want to figure out how to make that work so that I can kind of have, be able to do this thing that I love and, and actually do it and not fail at it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, they're good role models. They're they good. Are. They're all good dudes. Yeah, they are. So for next year, like you said, you're, you're, you've got material, could be working on a new album. Um, yep. Is there any, And, you know, obviously like, you know, permit it if shoot, you can do that. Do you have any yeah. other plans for 2021 or are you just going to be working on the full length? We're going to work on the full length. We're going to play shows if we possibly can. We know we're booked again for the Maryland Doom Festival next year. Who knows how that's all going to go, but mm -hmm. we're hoping, we're hoping for so uh, several of our shows were rescheduled. Yeah. So hopefully that will work out and we have to get out there and play as soon as we can, we're going to be doing it. Cause like we've never performed live with Vincenza. Like we've performed live in the studio, but like not for real live. Right. And like, that's it's, it's totally bizarre to have like possibly made a record without performing live yet. That would be strange. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> Yeah. I mean, there's definitely people who just record and don't yeah, tour, but, yeah, but, yeah, I, but I'm sure like, you know, for you, you're the kind of band that wants to get out there and wants to play some shows and whatnot. So, and like you said, you got to work out the kinks. Yeah, it's so true. And, um, and I'm sure even if that happens, even if we do record the whole record, those songs will change as we play them live over and over. They're going to mutate, but that might be good. You know, then our live versions will be different than the recorded versions. Yeah, you you just got to feel what's organic for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like a band that switches it up live. Yeah, me too. So, what have you been listening to lately? Oh man, what have I been listening to? I've been listening to a lot of Elephant Tree. Good I band. Love, I love that band. I love Good that band. band so much. So I've been like kind of obsessively listening to them. Um, I also love ohm so i listen to ohm a lot i find that so relaxing i do yoga to that all the time um what else oh i've been listening to the heavy eyes do you know that band yeah they had a i really like they have a record out and i liked it i liked it a lot um i liked the record before that better but i liked this one pretty well too and um and I'm always listening to Clutch. Clutch is like my favorite band right now and has been for a while. And I can't get enough of them. And I just listen to them all the time. They're probably like the, like maybe the band I've seen the most. <laughs> they're so good live and they're so hardworking. And I love their music so much. Like it's so, it has such a funky element to it. Like you can hear the funkadelic in there. I just, I don't know. I don't know what it is about them. I well, hear Zappin. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, like, I love their guitar player. I love his riffs so much. And I love how he just stands there and just does <laughs> them. He just does them. He just executes them, like, perfectly. And uh, and I love Neil Fallon. He's so great. I love his lyrics. Yeah, they're, they're all awesome. I really like yeah. that. I love the. I mean, I've seen them so many times. I've... Like I've been punched at shows. <laughs> uh, I've been yelled at by giant angry men for <laughs> no reason at clutch shows. Um, but every one of them is good. And they, yeah. they, always, they always do like a holiday 
like yeah, an end a of the year run. show. I saw, yeah, I saw them in Portland a couple of years ago for their holiday run. Oh wow, they did it yeah. out there. They usually they usually hit um, South Jersey or New York. Uh, yeah, it was Portland, Maine. Oh, okay, that's probably yeah. why then. All yeah. right. uh, Portland, Maine's fun. Yeah, and I saw them actually again in Maine with Primus when they toured with Primus. And that was a fun show because there were lots of families there. There were like, you know, there's a new generation of clutch fans now. <laughs> yep. It's kind of cute. It's cute. Like we were at the merch stand and like there were several dads like buying their little kids, you know, clutch merch. <laughs> it was yeah, sweet. that's <laughs> not surprising at all. Yeah, they have a pretty intense, intensely yeah. uh, dedicated fan base. But yeah, yeah I, I, I like them. how. I like how they have their own label and they do everything themselves and it's all their company and they do it. Yep. They call the shots pretty much. Yeah, they, I think they've been that's very really, in control. Yeah. I think that's awesome. And they're a hard, they're hardworking band, man. They tour a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm, they, they, and you know, leave, leave it to clutch to be like, you know, probably the most still like one of the more prolific acts during like the age of COVID. I mean, they put out yeah. like three live shows and yep, they're, just, they're doing another stuff. one next week. I'm going to get tickets. I'm going to, I'm going to watch it live. I can never not watch. And I want to like support them. I don't even like, even if I can't even watch it live, I'll still buy the ticket. <laughs> I just want to support them. Yeah. Uh, well, there's, I, it was, it's funny. There's so many like streams going on and then they kind of died down a little bit, but now they're picking up again. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah i think people are needing to do something yeah i would say so so um but yeah i dig big fans of clutch over here yeah me too um oh all right well i don't have too many other questions so is there anything that you would like to plug or anything else yeah i should definitely let everybody know that we are on facebook uh it's just dust profit um Instagram is Dust Profit. We're on Twitter. We're on Bandcamp. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're on uh, everything, I think. Almost everything. Yep. And so, you can, where is it? Uh, and the uh, the news. Oh, yeah. Is and, on the, and the news flip is, is from Sleeping Village. And you can get that from Bandcamp at the, on the Sleeping Village page. Or you can go to Sleeping Village uh, website and they can direct you. Yep. There uh, you go. Just ask like, for Ricky. Listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> So cool. Well, thank you for coming on and spending some time and chatting and whatnot. And thank you. Glad, glad I enjoyed you're hanging it. in there. Me too. I'm glad you're hanging in there. This was fun. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, no problem. And uh, you know, I guess give Otto my best and uh I will. and uh awesome. that'll do it for this chapter of the diary.
just a problem.